This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 2nd, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Now that some surveillance powers have lapsed, what's the next step in limiting government's ability to spy on Americans without warrant or suspicion? Julian Sanchez, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, discusses the politics and policy of the next steps in surveillance reform. So we all know dramatic headlines drive traffic to uh, news websites, and so you've seen a lot of uh, dramatic announcements the last few days uh, to the effect that the Patriot Act has expired, uh, which of course is not true. 98% of the Patriot Act is permanent and not expiring. There are actually three provisions, one of which is not really part of the Patriot Act, it gets lumped together, uh, that have temporarily sunset. Because what happened on Sunday was uh, there was a vote 77 to 17 in the Senate to move forward with the USA Freedom Act, which is a a modest but still significant surveillance reform that would end bulk collection under a variety of authorities, including several permanent ones. Uh, Three provisions are sunsetting until they go ahead and have time to approve that. There's the roving wiretap provision, which allows them to essentially get a warrant for a target and then keep surveilling them when they move to different phone numbers or email accounts uh, instead of having to go back to the court every time. There's the lone wolf provision, which they've never used actually. It lets them use uh, surveillance powers on foreigners in the U.S. who are not necessarily actually connected to any uh, foreign terror group. It doesn't really seem like they've had a need for that yet. And uh, of course, the very controversial Section 215, which was at the heart of the uh, now notorious NSA bulk telephony program. And uh, uh, so that's all that's sunsetting, and it's only sunsetting for a few days uh, until the uh, Senate can, can find time to uh, pass this USA Freedom Act, which reforms uh, many authorities but also would extend the, these once they've been amended. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, for the best probably. Uh, uh, certainly... None of the uh, dramatic catastrophes we've been warned about are at all realistic. The government has a wide array of overlapping authorities, again, mostly permanent authorities like national security letters they can use to rapidly get phone records. Uh, So from an operational perspective, the sunset is not really that significant. Uh, The administration had already started winding down this bulk telephony program um, and winding it down into the sunset, and it will not be possible again under USA Freedom either. Um, uh, In terms of more targeted use of these authorities, though, for any investigation that's already open, these authorities are grandfathered. So even though uh, they have sunset, realistically, they're going to keep using them if they need them uh, until USA Freedom is passed. So uh, from a policy perspective, from an operational perspective, this, uh, you know, maybe one week sunset doesn't make that much difference. But from a symbolic and political perspective, I think it's hugely important because the pattern we've seen with both Patriot Act authorities and the FISA Amendments Act over the past 14 years is uh, some of the more controversial provisions did have an expiration date or a sunset, and then uh, congressional leadership does what Mitch McConnell in the Senate tried to do this time, which is uh, you don't bring them up until the very last minute. You uh, uh, argue about pipelines and uh, and trade promotion authority, and then only on the very eve 
essentially of expiration, uh, do you actually permit the surveillance debate to begin? And, and, then, and always promising that at some point we will have a, a vigorous Of uh, course, one, one day there will be that debate, but the time is not now having manufactured essentially a crisis. Uh, uh, expiration is looming. Uh, they say, well, it would be great to have a debate, but now there's no time for some reason. And uh, so instead, we must just reauthorize these, give the intelligence community whatever it wants, and uh, or, or indeed, even what it doesn't say it wants, but uh, um, leadership in Congress has committed to. And, uh, and you know, real debate will happen in the future. And if you don't do it, the terrorists will kill us all. And that has been, as it turns out, a very effective strategy. And uh, Mitch McConnell seems to have thought it would work again. He could have very easily avoided a sunset by, um, by, on, by, by last week uh, uh, having the very same outcome he's got now, which is moving forward with USA Freedom. Um, it turns out that after 14 years, uh, we're still somewhat concerned about terrorism, but we're no longer so frightened that all you need to do is say national security and people uh, begin trembling and, uh, and comply with uh, whatever whatever the person raising the fears is demanding. Uh, now it seems that's not enough and that uh, authorities will expire if you don't allow a real debate over them. So to the extent that we've entered sort of a new uh, phase of discussion and uh, fighting over uh, surveillance powers, what, what, is it, what does that debate look like going forward now that we know that these specific tactics of promise a debate, never give one, manufacture a crisis, and then ram through uh, reauthorization without any debate. What does the future of that debate look like? So in the very short term, we have uh, the Senate still has to actually act on uh, USA Freedom. They uh, approved a, a motion to proceed, they got, broke, uh, broke cloture. And uh, uh, so next it's the question of whether Mitch McConnell will be able to weaken or dilute those surveillance reforms. He has, uh, as I say, filled up the amendment tree. That is to say, he's uh, proposed a bunch of amendments, uh, the maximum number that the, the bill will take to ensure that uh, other folks can't propose amendments that would improve the bill and strengthen safeguards. Uh, he's only proposed amendments that would weaken uh, the bill and eliminate safeguards. So he has uh, proposed a data retention mandate, meaning uh, the, when the phone companies don't just keep the records they need to keep for their own private business purposes, uh, and then of course they have to give them to the government, to the FBI, when a court order comes, but rather mandate them to effectively act as an arm of the intelligence community by storing records uh, for many years, not because they need them, but because the intelligence community needs them for spying purposes. Um, that would be, I think, a, a huge deal breaker. All the carriers and telephone companies and technology companies and civil liberties groups would, uh, I think, immediately drop support for any legislation that included that kind of mandate. Uh, he has proposed to uh, lengthen the transition period to uh, the, new, uh, the new authority from the old ones to a year or two years even, um, which is uh, obviously unnecessary. The uh, intelligence community has said that they'll be perfectly able to transition in, in a few months. Um, he has proposed to eliminate some of the transparency requirements. And these are absolutely key because uh, broad as the Patriot Act was, uh, the secret court had interpreted one of those authorities, Section 215, to allow something much broader, the collection of all Americans' phone records, than even the, the proponents and authors of the Patriot Act had believed 
they were permitting and the Second court, uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals recently ruled was uh, essentially a ridiculous and unreasonable interpretation of that language. So a key piece of this is not just we're passing these reforms and requiring the government to be specific about the records it wants and say specifically why uh, some particular piece of information is relevant, um, but also that interpretations of the law, including these new reforms, have to be uh, made public, have to be published in an unclassified format. Uh, and that's absolutely crucial because otherwise you don't know whether the secret court has twisted your uh, intended reforms in some uh, surprising way that no one would expect. So uh, that's absolutely key. McConnell has proposed to try and get rid of uh, that transparency provision as well. Uh, the Unfortunately, uh, there are, are, are uh, enough folks in the Senate, I think, who would approve of some of those um, those things. There are some folks who voted for USA Freedom to move forward, but would also like to see these data retention mandates. Uh, Diane Feinstein, among others, would like to see that. Uh, but the trick there is, of course, the House is probably not going to go for any of that stuff. So um, even if they could get to 50 uh, senators approving of any of that, um, then you'd have the struggle and you'd be back to we're not sure that's going to be able to move forward. If they just pass the bill unamended, um, the House has already passed it. It can go straight to the president's desk. So I think that's uh, reason to be somewhat optimistic about uh, limiting the ability to further dilute or weaken this. In the slightly longer run, then the question is there's a lot of things this bill didn't do. So when it comes to uh, authorities that involve this relevant standard to get uh, telecommunications and financial records, 215, uh, 214, which does not expire, national security letters, which do not expire, those are all amended by this to require specific terms to be used. So they can't say, give us everything or give us everyone in New York, uh, give us their records. They have to say, here are the phone numbers, here's why we think they're relevant. Um, but it doesn't change other things. There's massive collection happening abroad under Executive Order 12333, which thanks to the global nature of the internet, um, does not mean it's only spying on foreigners. They can, they, we know they've been doing things overseas under, for example, a program called Muscular, where they just vacuumed up um, data from uh, companies like Google and Yahoo's overseas backup servers, including, of course, lots of information belonging to Americans. Um, there's 702, Section 702 of the FISA Amendments Act and the notorious now uh, backdoor search loophole, which Ron Wyden has been calling a lot of attention to. Uh, the idea here is they can target uh, foreigners who may or may not be terrorists or spies, anyone who's foreign, essentially. Um, and we know they've got 90,000 foreign targets. They're getting hundreds of millions, if not billions, of internet communications under this authority every year supposedly for foreign intelligence reasons, but then the FBI gets to go searching through that database for the communications of Americans to use uh, not just for foreign intelligence reasons, but for ordinary criminal investigations. It's a huge problem. It's a way of circumventing, essentially, uh, the warrant requirement domestically that would apply to those kinds of investigations. That absolutely needs to be fixed. It is not something there is currently, uh, I think, consensus in the Senate about, unfortunately. Uh, so I think the next big step after uh, USA Freedom passes, which seems basically inevitable, one hopes in a, an undiluted form, is the FISA Amendments Act, which authorizes this, uh, uh, these effectively general warrants to collect on foreigners, including when they're talking to Americans, um, 
there's going to be a fight about that. So we get to now shift our focus to that authority, how it has been used, and uh, try and ensure that the uh, next debate over sunset, the debate over the sunset of that authority, um, also results in significant reform. And I think having had this outcome with respect to 215 and related authorities uh, makes that something we should be much more optimistic about because we've proven that the old model, that we've manufactured a crisis, uh, you'd better just reauthorize without debate or the terrorists will kill us all. It doesn't work anymore. Americans aren't scared enough for that to work anymore. Uh, it means finally we have a chance at getting additional necessary reforms uh, may, have, may take until 2017, uh, but the outlook is, is, I think, optimistic for now. Julian Sanchez is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.